Pokémon. But yeah, let's start. Is it recording? Yeah, it's been recording. Oh, hey, bitches. Hey, what's up? Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 24 of Anyways, How's Your Sex Life? Episode 24. 20 fucking four. 24 we- is a good show. I remember that show. You see it with oh Jack Bauer. God. You know what? I didn't watch 24. My entire uh. family is obsessed with it. But I was just young enough where like I couldn't really get into it. Yeah. I was too young. So our our it. family just like fucking hoard over it for like four straight seasons. Yeah. And then we were like, meh. See, that's how my family <laughs> was. I was not invited to the viewing parties. Oh. Everybody watched it. And I was like in my room playing Sims by myself. You're like in-room summoning noob. Yeah, totally. You're I like- was like masturbating to lesbian <laughs> porn while they were watching 24. <laughs> You're like currently busy. <laughs> I'm sorry, family. I'm busy watching you're like i'm sexually and spiritually finding myself (laughs) i'm I'm sexually busy right now (laughs) spiritually i'm not but sexually i'm pretty busy sexually fucking busy (laughs) well yeah welcome to episode 24 (laughs) we are your sexually busy hosts i'm channa and i'm Corey. and uh welcome so let's jump into these fucking announcements that i have oh yeah go so it's the same announcement i've been giving for a million weeks so listen up y'all because this is it the announcement I'm giving is delicious. This is the third episode we've done it. <laughs> They're like, get some new fucking material. <laughs> Fuck you. Fergalicious is the only material you should ever. That woke me. <laughs> that I woke heard it on Corey. a bus on the way to a football game. No, I was not playing football. I was in band. And then Corey was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm motherfucking gay because I love this song. So it woketh Corey's gayness. Mm-hmm. And Fergalicious woketh my ratchetness. It made me want to learn how to twerk because I was only in fifth grade and I was like yeah, fucking yeah, jamming yeah. to it. So I'm talking about the $50 Amazon gift card giveaway. Yes, bitch. So we all love Amazon. Obviously, you can buy literally anything on Amazon. You name it. Think it right now. Boom, you can buy on Amazon from lubes to clothing. I literally thought of dogs. Can you actually buy a real dog? You can buy on plants. Amazon? You can buy dog accessories. No, I thought a dog. That was the first thing. You're like, think of anything, and I was like, dog. <sighs> Fuck. To enter our $50 Amazon gift card giveaway, all you have to do is either rate us on iTunes, that equals one entry, or rate us and leave a review, that equals two entries. Take a screenshot of whatever the fuck you just did and slide into our DMs with fuck that yeah. screenshot, and boom, you're added to the giveaway. Um, so you can message us on Instagram, on Facebook, through email. You can contact us Another directly club. through our website. Whatever is easiest for you, send us that screenshot, and you will get either one or two entries, depending on what you did. We will be announcing the winner on Instagram on May 1st, and then in our episode that will be released on May 6th. You know what I also thought of today while what? I was 
Oh, well, I was actually doing some social media. What? Is the person I was talking to was a little young, and we will not send you a picture of our buttholes or even a drawing of our buttholes or vaginas. Oh. Because <laughs> we say that jokingly once, and we're totally joking. We will not do that because somebody is probably underage that listens to our podcast. Ooh, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> we're not sending anybody anything that has to deal with our genitalia. <laughs> but you will be getting voodoo chips, which is practically you will get my voodoo genitalia. Chips. Yes. So as you're eating the voodoo chip, just imagine you're licking my pussy or imagine you're. <laughs> sucking Corey's penis unless you are younger than 18 <laughs> then do not imagine that unless you're <laughs> underage and then do not <laughs> i repeat do turn off not. the podcast <laughs> someone's like oh my god <laughs> uh, right now like fbi guys like, they're like oh hmm. they're fucked <laughs> they're like, i've been waiting since he was 12 yeah ah okay so no screenshots equals no entries mm, so yeah. if you don't send us your screenshots i can't find you because we've had people leaving us reviews but i don't know who you are so send us a screenshot, and we will enter you to win our non-nudes $50 gift mm-hmm. card. Um, so, yeah. And, like, so our Instagram is at Anyways Has Her Sex Life. Our Twitter or Facebook, you can just type in AHYSL Podcast. And our website is AHYSLpodcast.com. Yeah, and our Gmail is AHYSLpodcast at gmail.com. The easiest thing is you can just go to our website, and you can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, all of that through our website. Also send us your stories because uh, <gasps> listener episode is semi coming up. It's it's still pretty far. We're recording at the end of May, yeah, so we have that's one true. month. Yeah, this so is good. We have this about is actually one perfect. Month. Oh yeah, How perfect, perfect to start mentioning to send us listener stories. Oh yeah, one, so yeah, so send away. us listener stories. Send us um, crazy sex stories. Send us say or uh, send us spooky stories. Send us any like true crime related stories, like your mom, like you know saw Ted Bundy jacking off in the clo- in the closet or totally. something like that. Yeah. And if you want to be anonymous, all you have to do is say, hey, this is anonymous and send it to us. Yeah. Because I've had a submission this week that was anonymous. Uh-huh. And so that's totally cool. Like we do not need to share your Instagram handle or Facebook or anything. Yeah. Unless you, unless you want us to, then we gladly will. But um, just let us know what you want us to do. Okay. So also with that, I did, we have been getting recently a lot of recommendations, uh, recommendations of true crime stories or recommendations of faggot facts and uh, spooky stories and stuff like that. Yes. So y'all can do that as well. You can send us that and we'll take that into note. We may or may not do it, but I, in in the upcoming future, after the Ted Bundy episode, I'm going to do a faggot fact that somebody recommended to me. Yeah, and I'm doing a true crime thing during Halloween that someone recommended. I'm actually giving him a shout out in like three and a half seconds. Fuck yeah. So, can I go on shout outs? Do you have any more Do announcements? Do it. I'm done. Let's do some motherfucking shout outs. Shout out. So, I have, um, I don't know, maybe like five to ten shout outs. Cool. I'm drunk. I can't read how many shout outs, but a good amount. So, my first shout out is to motherfucking Andrew Upton0523. He's the one who has the faggot fact for you, Corey. Or, no, the um, just regular spooky yes. segment. Uh-huh. And he has a true crime segment for me. That spooky segment, it looks legit. Yeah. Uh, That will be done soon. He just responded to us on Instagram about more, like, with more details about it. Okay, that shit will be done soon. And he'll be a good, because he lives somewhere in Europe. Yeah. So that'll be good. He'll know more shit over there. Yeah. So thank you, Andrew Upton0523. Next one is Gib underscore me underscore memes. Um, They just started listening to the podcast. They love us. The next one is the underscore BJ45. <laughs> I just saying that out loud, Classic. I now understand what your handle yeah. is. No, yeah, sometimes you know, how you say handles out loud, it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> like my favorite was that like the fart monster one or whatever. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Okay, the next one is Nathan Ryder. The next one is Sleepy Frog. That's a hot name. 
Nathan Ryder. That is to me. Nathan, I will ride her. Nathan Ryder. Just Ryder's hot. Yeah, like, Nathan, I will ride you. Damn. Nathan's like, oh, Jesus. I'm taking. <laughs> if you are underage again, we are not taking <laughs> Corey, the PR. <laughs> he's like, oh, maybe you're above 18. We should have a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast. If you're underage, turn this if off If you now. message us and you are not 18 or above please immediately say that first because <laughs> that entirely depends on our response because if you're above 18 we'll We're send like, you news yes eggplant I, emoji eggplant emoji yeah, sperm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you're above 18 i'm just gonna type out and print out the response put it over my nipples and send you a picture of my response but if you're under 18 i will if just type under 18 we're gonna be like hello i hope you have a great day stay in school don't stay do drugs in school don't do drugs <laughs> wear a condom wear a go. condom yeah okay uh next one is hannah with two h's at the end morgan 28 so hannah h morgan 28 next one is savannah.j.s super fun story about this one so she actually found us because of hiram's <gasps> yeah this is wanted to talk about oh, what i want to talk about davis's photography <laughs> yes okay yeah oh, segue <laughs> this is it so continue yeah okay so savannah so last Seamless week or a couple episodes i gave a shout out to hiram one of our best friends who mm-hmm. is a wonderful artist and he created a, a picture of toulouse which is like toulouse's soul in a picture um savannah uh, follows hiram's art that's how she found our podcast and she reached out and she actually lives in the area yeah. and she was like oh my god i always hear about you and Corey she talking the, about she went to the coffee pot or something like yeah that. like she, she goes like that. peace on earth and whatever yeah. and um anyways it's now my my life's mission is to become real life friends with savannah J because she also has a black cat because we now follow each other on our personal instagrams but so savannah if you're listening to this what's up i bitch? really want to become friends with you yeah. let's get coffee for reals um last shout out then we'll go into the segue Yep. Of Davis is wonderful celestialness. So yeah. last shout out is a very special shout out. This yes. is to Magnum Size underscore. So Magnum Size underscore reached out to my personal Instagram this past week. He responded to uh, my National Pet Day story that I posted. Of, I posted like a million pictures of Simone. It uh-huh. was National Pet Day a couple days ago. And the last two pictures was of Toulouse and Simone because I can't do National Pet Day without talking about Toulouse because mm-hmm. he's the best Toulouse. kitty in the whole world. Toulouse. And uh, he reached out to me. He responded to the stories. He sent me a bunch of pictures of him and his dogs and saying, like, hey, like, we love you guys. Like, Germany loves you guys. And uh, then he sent me some of the kindest messages I think I've ever received about Toulouse and from, like, a fellow pet lover um, where he pretty much told me that the messages that I wrote about Toulouse, like, broke his heart. And it's his worst nightmare losing animals. And he understands my pain, but he can't even imagine what I'm going through and that, you know, he's here for me and his dogs are here for me. And uh, we went back and forth and he sent me a bunch of long messages and it like completely made my day and made today so much easier. Nice. Uh, just feeling that love from, you know, a stranger. Like we, we aren't even having like, a personal relationship. Now we're probably we're friends. on the same fucking continent. Yeah, exactly. But you know, someone out there cares about me and Simone and Toulouse like that. So mm-hmm. thank you. Like you don't even understand how much you've done for me today. So thank you. Magnum size underscore. Also Magnum, I will be in Germany in July. So, if so you I'll hang probably out. DM you. Yes. Yeah. I won't be there. I will be here. Yeah. We should go and get a drink, get a drink, get a drink. With Chris. Chris. And if you've listened to episode, bonus Halloween episodes, you know who Chris is. Yeah. If he says not, hi. <laughs> go to it. Um, so those are all my spooky scoops for today. I mean, my shout outs. We're not even at spooky scoops Oh my yet. God. We haven't even gotten to faggot facts or spooky scoops. Spoop- well, tell us about your faggot fact right my now. My faggot fact? Let's okay. do this. So mine is a fun one because last year or last year, last week, <laughs> same. Same. Dif- no difference there. Mine was about Tennessee Williams and it was really like, you know, factual. academic, factual, focused, whatever. 
academic <laughs> it As was we were, wiki <laughs> it was like practically instagram hashtags uh-huh, yeah <laughs> no it wasn't um, it was awesome i loved your last week's bag of no i love it yeah and i don't just look at wiki i, I actually wiki is a good template to do like the order of how things oh, go totally. but i don't just take from wiki all that's the time. what i usually do like i would look at wikipedia and i'm like okay i'm like this gives me a general idea it's of, a good like, outline the, yeah it's a good yeah, outline uh-huh. i usually spice it up though because there's some things that i'm definitely. like definitely oh definitely for yeah. dramatic flair i need to add um, this early. so yeah mine today is on bizarre sex toys throughout history <gasps> yay so it's more fun it's a more fun one sex toys and then next week next week will be the entomology of faggot and Ooh, that's, that's cool. one that somebody told me to do yeah, you're like so today's sex facts next week's about aids faggot. <laughs> we're like oh no <laughs> uh, so um so we have about six or six or so different uh, bizarre sex toys throughout history so the first one is a goat's eyelid that is used as what do you think a goat's eyelid uh-huh as in the flesh so a, a flashlight then no 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 it's used as a cock ring isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah. That makes so sense. Um, basically, you cut out a goat's eyelid into a circle of skin, and it still has the eyelashes on it. Ew! And it's ew. used as a kind of penis ring uh, that stimulates the the man to have an erection. Have so, like, ever... the eyelashes are supposed to like stimulate you, but then also this cock ring, because cock rings are used for different reasons. Yeah. They can have stuff on them that stimulates you, but then they can on like touch my penis as I'm looking at you. You're like, <laughs> so Chana, I'm like, what I'm the like, fuck's yeah. happening right now? <laughs> um, and so like they can do stimulation, but they also like can help. Old, a lot of older men will do it because it, it helps keep, keep uh, yeah, it keeps you up. It keeps the blood in, like the blood can go in, but it, it's, it's harder to come back out and stuff like that. Have you used a cock ring before? Yeah, I've used a cock ring. Um, I got one free from this place called uh, Fort Trough mm. because like pigs, you oh. know, you know, in like gay culture, if you're like really into fetish and you're like a, se- they call you a sex pig. That's, oh, a, that's a term. So it's called Fort Trough, like a trough for pig. Yeah. Um, I got some shit from them and then they sent a free uh, cock ring, but I think it's too small because when I put it on and used it, I actually used it last week during sex. Oh, you did? And I was like, oh, you know what? This is actually, this was the first time I actually used it during sex other than just trying it on. Yeah. And I tried it on for a while and then we were like having sex and then like 10 minutes in, I looked down and my dick is fucking purple. Ah! <laughs> like fucking purple. <laughs> like when you're in like first grade and you tie a string. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And I looked down and... He was like practically numb. No, yeah. It, no, I literally looked down and I was like, I can't really feel the tip of my penis anymore. And that's like probably what you're supposed to feel. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I looked down and I'm like, holy shit. And then the the guy the, the guy that I was with this one time, he was an older man. He was like, he started laughing and he was like, dude, you need to take that off. Is it Law Daddy? <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't Law Daddy. Uh-uh. Oh. It was just another, another daddy who I'm actually the- knows Law Daddy and we had to talk about it. It was fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyways, how's your sex life? And how's podcast. your sex life? But it was so funny. My y'all, my dick was like purple. <laughs> <laughs> that lilac ombre. So dick. I think I think they just made because you can get cock rings of different sizes. Of course, we have a bunch of cock rings all different sizes, but we've never used. We, I think we used it like one time. Yeah, we were both drunk. I just need like to just figure ago. it out. And I think these were probably just made accidentally too, a little bit too small. Okay. Or not like um. It's not like stretchy you know, enough. Stretchy enough. Elastic thank you. Enough. Elastic enough. Um, so they were just giving them out for free when I bought, cause I bought a dildo or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. Um, that's yeah. Cause we bought a dildo like a year ago and they came with like five cock rings and I was like, interesting. Yeah. Cause I know some people even get like the big ones cause then they wrap, they like put it around their dick and balls. Oh yeah. There's one that will go around the shaft and then another one that will go around the balls. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just more just for. That's, I feel like that's almost just more of a stylish thing, like oh. a part of the scene. It's but part there of might, the aesthetic. But there might be a real thing for that. But it's also part of the aesthetic. It's yeah. the cock ring aesthetic. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, when I go to Germany, 
I am totally like he's all about the cockney I'm, I'm getting a leather harness like Ooh, I'm so fucking yeah. can we go I want to go shopping with you for a yeah. while ah, so I'd be like <laughs> well, yeah come to fucking Germany <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to get one at Germany because I cannot go to Germany <laughs> yeah oh yeah I'll fine. have a kitten I'm taking care of oh, I'll be breastfeeding s'mores? a kitten oh my god <laughs> please kidding. breastfeed that kitten that would I'll, be weird I'll is try. that animal <laughs> abuse that's probably animal abuse alright edit that out so if you're under 18 everyone's like what everyone's like what the fuck this podcast if it's like their first time listening they're like like, who the fuck are these bitches okay um so that's pretty much it and this idea originates from the jing sorry we're back to talking about goat eyelid as cock rings (laughs) (laughs) if you weren't following i'm gonna shut the fuck up okay so idea or sorry this idea supposedly originates from the jing dynasty that began in the 10th century china oh yeah so yeah it's been a while um, but that's where it originated. Uh, second, uh, bird sperm balls. Ew. Okay, so in the Ming Dynasty, which is 14th, cent- 14th to 17th century China, people used tiny ball-shaped objects that were made of copper or gold. And what they would basically do is they would just shove them in their urethra, the <gasps> men would. Yeah, right. I'm getting into this. Wait. So what they do is they will shove it into the urethra, and it's supposed to... In like, you know, just in the folklore, I guess the sex folklore, you could say, is that people would sell them with these like golden balls um, and they would say that they had a sperm of a mythical Burmese bird in this like Burmese legend. This bird is famous for having a very sexual appetite. I tried to look up a Burmese folklore that talked about a bird that was very sexual, um, but I couldn't find <laughs> what it. What interesting Google searches. Because there's actually a lot of like Burmese folklore that I didn't know about. You're you like know? bird sexual appetite. Because the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, all I know is that catching this bird or the sperm of this bird involved making a fake woman made of straw because that would attract the bird to go fuck the straw woman. Whoa. And then that's how you caught, like, then you would just like go up to the straw woman and then take the bird. And then like the people would, you know, form a golden, I don't know. You're like, it, it's fucking weird. Okay. This is getting crazy. <laughs> it's getting crazy. This is a crazy sex fact. <laughs> so anyways, again, men would buy these and insert it into their penises. And then it would just like, you know, it was supposed to, be an aphrodisiac or help them last longer or whatever or be harder who knows you know so this sent me down a rabbit hole of penises splitting and regret that like just a rabbit hole of regret so basically this reminded me of something that we you call sounding or it's called urethral sounding it's where you put like metal objects down your urethra so they'll get like anything from somebody will do anything from a paper clip to just like a metal rod (gasps) And so I I almost I went to a website that basically had two girls, one cup on it, but I didn't click it because I'm still fuck you. I am still a sacred being that has not watched two girls, one cup. I will go to heaven. You're going to Celestial Kingdom. I will go to Celestial Kingdom. Whoever's seen that is going to fucking outer darkness. Hey. Um, So but I did uh, find one called one kid one plate one sandbox and i did not one kid one sandbox yes i know what that is is it the dildo right i know and the girls inserting it in the guy's urethra oh my god whoa so no 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 i was a little scared that i was clicking on kid porn but it was on a real website and it was like this it, it literally says like this is what we're talking about with sounding. It is not, it is called One Kid, One Sandbox, but it is not child porn. And I was like, dear God, please. As I just like covered my eyes and like, <laughs> like clicked I might go to on jail. the link. <laughs> I was like, please no. <laughs> um, it's not. It literally is this girl that has probably an inch wide dildo and is literally shoving it up and down Ew. in this guy's urethra. And it's like his, like the head of his penis is like splitting like open it's not splitting open like 
she's like actually tearing it right there because yeah. it, it but it's like more open than a regular guy's penis should be but it was like he's done it a lot but he's like loving it so go him <laughs> <laughs> so that was my that was my thursday or whatever oh my god yeah yeah very much what's sex fact number three yeah we're getting on moving on <laughs> um so three is a uh, vulture's lungs wrapped in crane's skin what is happening with this? <laughs> Again, this is a Chinese thing. So <laughs> go y'all. Um, apparently for the next, uh, so apparently, oh no, this isn't a Chinese thing. I am wrong. So apparently for the next two, there's this guy known Pliny the Elder, P-L-I-N-Y the Elder. He is an ancient Roman author. This is real. Okay. Um, and he does some things that are, are sexual. So he's he's known Don't in academia say. as like, you know, writing some of these weird ass things. So these next two um, that I'm going to talk about are from him. Um, so he writes... The right lobe of the, vul- of the vulture's lungs attached to the body in the skin of a crane acts powerfully as a stimulant upon males. Use your hand. So basically what <laughs> you do damn. is you get the right lobe of a vulture's lungs and then you wrap it in skin of a crane and then you attach it to a pole or you just hold it. and You're supposed to rub it on the guy's taint or balls or shaft or head or wherever. And it's supposed to stimulate them. Great. Mm-hmm. You know what else stimulates? Your mouth. This is true. Suck it. Your fingers. <laughs> your fingers. Your toes. Your toes. Your elbow. <laughs> your neck. Your, your back, back. Your pussy. Your pussy. And your crack. And your crack. <laughs> um, so four, bat's blood. So this is the female equivalent that I'm he down has. For this. And he writes, bat's blood received on a flock of wool and placed beneath a woman's head. And I guess that's supposed to work. Okay. <laughs> this is not vegan. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's also very misogynistic because it's like you actually, I mean, it's a weird ass thing, but I guess if you wrap some things in some skin and then rubbed it on my balls, it would feel good. Yeah. You know? But like if I just got a tampon and bathed it in bat's blood and then put it under your head, would would that turn you on, Chana? No. <laughs> no. No, it would not. No, it would not. <laughs> Quick answer, no. Long so answer, I'm sorry, fuck you. ancient Roman women. I'm sorry. You guys had a bad time. I'm They're sorry. like, yeah, girl, tell me about it. <laughs> They're like scissoring in heaven. They're like, same girl. <laughs> They're like licking each other's puss. They're like, oh my God. Like, Jesus it's... Christ. They're like, this is what we wanted. This is what we wanted. <laughs> not fucking bat's blood. <laughs> not a tampon, a blood's blood. We just wanted you to listen to us, not bat's blood, you <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> just oh like, God. touch my clit for a second. They're like, so you want bat's blood? You want, you want like, bat's blood oh on your neck, God. right? They're like, what? <laughs> They're like, just lick my fucking pussy. They're like, so you want, I'll go kill a bat for you. I'll go do it. <laughs> So, uh, five, bread dildos. We've talked about We've bread dildos before. This. I yeah. don't fuck garlic bread. <laughs> That's what I said last time. That, st- that would ruin the pH of the your vagina. exact conversation we had. Did we, did we talk about the pH of your vagina? Yes, and ruined? garlic bread. Oh. Garlic Someone's bread like, next. <laughs> garlic bread's good. That would ruin the pH of your vagina. Fuck that. Garlic <laughs> bread's delicious. Um. So, one, so this is like a highly recorded sexual practice. We've already talked about this. So, most people probably already heard about this, but this is what it's called. Um. And because this is from ancient Roman stuff as well, it's called an Olis Bocolix. Olis Bocolix? Olis Bocolix. It's Olis Bocolix. Olis Bocolix. Put that Olis Bocolix in my pussy. In my. In my pussy lick. My ass. In my ass. <laughs> Put that all this booklet in my asshole. Um, so, yeah, basically they would just over bake um, a baguette. Sick. And they would use it. So um, from the She's official. She's like, whoops, burnt it again. They're like, whoops. 
They're like, you're the worst Honey, baker. Honey, so you're going out tonight, right? And he's like, yeah, I gotta go do something. And then she's like, okay. And I then burnt the bread. I burnt the bread. Whoops. What's, what's, <laughs> she like tells it to her children for no reason, <laughs> just to like hide it a little bit more. <laughs> she's like, whoops, I burnt the bread again. Guess you're gonna have to go over to like, you know, Sally's house tonight. To Sally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Um, uh, images of breadstick doodles have been found in various sources, although it's not clear whether they were used for obscure ritual purposes or just for normal everyday pleasure. We both. hope both. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I p- literally put, I hope both. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're best friends. Immediately I was like, both. <laughs> <laughs> like ritual purposes and everyday pleasure. This is pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it goes hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the sixth is the Siege de Amor. Basically, that should be more of a French accent than a, a Spanish accent that I put on that, but whatever. Um, so basically, it's a chair that was used by King Edward the oh. Seventh of England. It was de- designed specifically for three ways that he liked to do, especially in his teenage and um, young adult years. And it, it was made so that he would have to do as little work as possible. Wow. So it was literally made so he could just sort of just like, uh, uh, just like lay like, there <laughs> and easily, one, it would support his weight while the women did things. And then it would support his weight while he would be, like, fucking a girl. Okay. And then while some girl could, like, easily lay under him and just, like, you know, tickle his balls or lick his ass or whatever, Ah, you know, you want to do. So, yeah, it was basically made uh, for him and, like, to make him do the least amount of work as possible during a threesomes. How boring. Yeah, how boring. Um, If you want to look up, if you just type in, like, Siege, um, S-I-E-G-E, D comma amor a-m-o-u-r siege de amor or whatever you want to call it siege de more yeah de more there we go siege de more whatever you want to say um pizza yeah if you just look that up it'll it'll come up with this really like victorian ornate chair that obviously looks like people are fucking on it you like come (laughs) here next week i have that chair you have that chair i'm like damn how'd you fucking get that i'm like i'd be like stop we're selling that (laughs) (laughs) we need money for 666 dollars yeah right $6,666. $69,666. Ooh, there we go. Um, So, yeah, that's it. Those are bizarre sex toys in history. I love it. Yay. Well, let's take this down a couple notches to very serious notes. Oh, shit. This is my final spooky scoop for human trafficking, y'all. Nice. Um, I will go back to creepy-ass facts next week, super fun facts, you know, normal-ass spooky scoops. But human trafficking is very important to talk about. It's important to stay informed. Let's do it. So, this is my final spooky scoop motherfuckers yay on human trafficking so i got all this information from endslaverynow.org so today we are talking about forced marriage <laughs> yay yeah 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 <laughs> woo woo forced marriage hell yeah so every year an estimated 14 million girls worldwide under 18 years old are married without their consent ew 14 million ew there's that so what is forced marriage so again i got all this information from enslavery.org. So a lot of this I could be reading directly from the website because I don't want to fuck up these human trafficking facts. Yeah, somebody made time to like write that. This is like their job. They're working eloquently. for this nonprofit organization. Yeah. I'm going to read what they have to say. So forced marriage is an institution or practice where individuals don't have the option to refuse or are promised married to another by their parents, guardians, relatives, or other people in groups. Early marriage is the forced marriage of a child, usually defined internationally as an individual under the age of 18. Forced marriage also occurs when a wife is forcibly transferred to another in exchange for some type of payment, or when a widow is given no choice and inherited by one of her husband's male relatives. 
Um, the key piece of forced marriage is that at least one of the marrying parties does not give his or her consent. Goddamn. As you guys know, our podcast is all about consent. So if someone does not give a consent for a marriage, that is forced marriage. Now, there is no agreed upon international minimum age for, for marriage consent. However, most countries set the limit at 15 or 18 years old. Um, for example, like in the United States, you can get married. I think it's starting at 15 or 16, but you have to have like your parents' signatures. and They have to be present for the marriage license. That's cute in a um, way. I guess. <laughs> if I married my high school sweetheart at 15, I would be very unhappy I mean, right yeah, now. like that sounds weird, but I mean, that's cute that like – your parents whatever but the main definition of forced marriage is if one person out of the party does not give their consent for marriage and they and they still have to marry that person oh, that yeah. is forced marriage okay so where does forced marriage human trafficking happen so forced and early marriage are most common in impoverished states in africa south asia and as well as former soviet republics however there are still cases of forced and early marriage in more affluent north american and european countries so pretty much it happens anywhere mainly in poor <laughs> yeah. countries but it still can happen yeah anywhere wealthy anywhere pretty much so what happens after they are married so oftentimes they are forced to drop out of school and have children from a very young age um this puts them at risk for severe health issues due to having children at such young ages mm-hmm. domestic violence also is usually goes hand in hand with forced marriage poverty yeah. things like that and, uh, you know, they, they're also dropping out of school. So they're losing their education. They're losing a chance for them to even start their own life. So let's say somehow they get out of the forced marriage. They don't have an education to back them up. They already have pretty bad health problems from having children at a young age. They're fucked. They're fucked from the beginning. Um, so forced marriage can be coupled with other forms of slavery, which we've talked about in other spooky scoops. Um, children who are trafficked for sex may also be sold into forced marriages. I mentioned that Damn. last spooky scoop. And an adult who is forcibly married may then be trafficked for labor or sex um, by and for the financial gain of his or her spouse. So it can happen. So sex trafficking can go hand in hand with forced marriage. I said this next part after every single human trafficking spooky scoop, and it's important. If you know something, say something. There are organizations all over all over the world that are dedicated to fighting human trafficking, and your tip could save a life. So if you are somewhere and something's a little suspicious, if you're like, oh, that child is really uncomfortable and crying all the time, or that girl looks really upset, or I feel uncomfortable with this situation I just walked into, or maybe that nanny isn't really a nanny that's being Damn. cared for. That's true. That's one you wouldn't think of. Say something. Say something because it could save a life. Even if it ends up being nothing, you at least brought attention to this issue. You're at least thinking about it. So really stay informed. Look around. Just don't be stuck in your own little world. Open your eyes for five seconds and you might save a life. True. Boom. Human trafficking. Bam. And if you want to know the rest of the human trafficking spooky scoops, listen to all of our episodes before. Yeah, so I've done it for like five episodes listen in a row it, now. Bitches. Download, bitch. Download, bitch. <laughs> I love you. Bitch. <laughs> Download our episodes. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, let's get into my supernatural segment. Um, yeah. And today is about the Jersey Devil. So, Ooh. I know last week I did uh, one that was sort of folklorish, just like cryptids are folklorish. Um, I'll try and space them out more, but deal. Fuck you. Okay. Fuck you, you cunt. <laughs> we um, love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the Jersey, De- Jersey Devil is a legendary cryptid dating back to as far as the mid 18th century. Ooh. And since then has haunted the Pine Barrens of southern New Jersey. Now, the Pine Barrens are just sort of a 
big ass area in New Jersey that covers a lot of New Jersey that are just pines. They're just oh. like full of pines, 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 pines. And actually, um, I'll get to it, but not much else can grow there except for other like carnivorous plants demons. and pines. Yeah. And demons. And demons. Exactly. So uh, legend has it that the Jersey Devil was born in 1735 as the 13th child of a woman by the name of Deborah Leeds. Sometimes she goes by Deborah. Jane. Just depends on, you know, the fucking Dane story. or Jane? Jane. Jane. Like, yeah, like plain Jane, Jane. Okay. So. Um, plain Jane, Deborah, demon. Yeah. So I'll call her woman. Deborah most of the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, and. Also was the son of a mostly absent uh, slash drunken father named Daniel Leeds, but he's also called uh, Japhet or J-A-P-H-E-T. That is such Japhet. a different name than Daniel. Um, so yeah, I'm going to refer to them as Deborah and Daniel Leeds, but I'll get into their other names and the reasons why in the future. So these people really lived, and until the 20th century, the Jersey Devil was known as the Leeds Devil. And we do know that uh, Daniel, or in this real-life situation, Geppet, Leeds did write in 12 children in his will in 1736. Mm. And that's why his name sometime is, sometimes in the legend is Jafet. But it really is like Daniel Leeds is like the main person. Okay. Um, and more the whole thing of Jafet is really linked to how we call uh, Deborah Leeds Deborah because okay. there's actually a lot of st- uh, stipulation of uh, between academic people that are like are like folklore interested people okay. um, that are like ooh does Deborah even really exist ooh. or Deborah probably comes up from just like multiple different aspects of this whole legend some like creepy pasta connoisseurs or yeah. like the Deborah the 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 <laughs> that'd be a fun like you know I'm place a to creepy go to. pasta connoisseur I just suspect like everybody like dressed in like you know, Victorian style stuff. And there's like cabinets of curiosities around. There's a Ooh, fire fun. and we're all like smoking cigars and oh, shit. Oh, top show. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. On brand cereal. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love when they do that shit on Archer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's her name? By uh, Carol. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Archer. I love, I love fucking Archer. It gives me a headache, but I love it. They yell. They yell so much. I guess so do we. It's okay. We <laughs> yell too. That's true. This is just Archer true crime supernatural. <laughs> Oh, my God. I literally wrote this in all caps, bolded. Back to the legend. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Corey, get back. No, I, literally, I was track. like, we'll probably trail off here. <laughs> <laughs> so now after finding she was pregnant for the 13th time, this is Deborah. Spooky. So after finding that she was pregnant for the 13th time and being poor, Deborah either cursed the child, uh, exclaiming at one time or another that, quote, this child go to the devil. <gasps> Or sometimes it says that she just joked that it would, and then she fucking well, got her come up in. She's like, "Haha! <laughs> well, that should that should be a story for us, because we're always joking about." Oh my god, we shit. we should be dead. We should, we should be, be dead. thrown across the room sixty nine times. Ooh, <laughs> nice. hot. hot! Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> the demon's like, "God damn god it!" God damn it! <laughs> He's like, "If they laugh, I can't do it." <laughs> He's like, "It doesn't get me off." <laughs> yeah, I want them to cry. <laughs> Um, so, or the other big, uh, divide in these legends is that Deborah was in fact a witch. So I like this one. This is our favorite one. This is canon. So Deborah was in fact a witch who was past the age of giving birth until one night when Lucifer himself came to Deborah. Yeah, he came. More like he came in her. Whoa. (laughs) I'm dabbing right now. Um, And impregnated her with a monster. Fuck me. Fuck yeah, bitch. Then... Months later, Mother Leeds was in labor on a stormy night while her friends gathered around her, aiding her in the delivery. Everything went well. The baby was born as a normal male child, and Deborah had no major complications. 
Then, right before their eyes, the baby started to change. Its skin blackened and became reptilian. Its feet melded into hooves as bat-like wings sprang out of its back. Its body elongated as its head morphed into the likeness of a goat or horse. And on top of it all, a forked tail sprung out of its back. Growling and screaming, it killed the midwife before flailing out of her arms and then flying up the chimney and out over the forest into the pine barrens. I'm drinking. Oh, monobones. What's up, girl? She's like, get me to that fucking spot. I want it. Oh, there you go. Cute. Yay. (laughs) She's there. So other descriptions. So that's the description. So basically what this plate thing looks like is mostly mostly it has a goat or head head like okay. a goat or horse like head. Reptilian skin. Reptilian hooves, skin. Bat hooves, <laughs> bat like wings, reptilian skin body. Yeah. This is a freaky motherfucker. Um, also a good amount of the times, most of the times in the drawings, uh, it has horns because Why like a goat. Yeah. 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 Or sometimes they even just have a, a horse head with with horns ew that's fuck, yeah. way spookier it's really cool that some of the it's like crazy it looks like a crazy ass chimera basically and the episode yeah. highlights yes oh yeah they're, yeah they're fun they're fun ass pictures um so some stories also claim that over the next few weeks children went missing various livestock were found sucked bone dry <gasps> like mummy shit you know cool. from the mummy 1999 mummy um, not the fucking shit ass bitch stuff that came out like a year ago. Yeah, bitch. Um, and even witnesses claiming that they saw the beast simply breathe on their cows, <gasps> Ew! causing them to never lactate again. As they ex- they like described, they would go and they would try and milk their cows after just seeing like they would literally come out at night and just see it standing in the field, and it would like walk up to the cow and breathe on it. I don't know why. <laughs> And the demon. next day when they would like try to milk it, just dust would come out of their teats. Ew. Isn't that weird? Someone's like, I'm here still. Um, so soon, clergymen of different faiths attempted to consecrate the grounds of the forest, but it was of course in vain. One minister even claimed that the exorcism would only last a um, hundred years. So he claimed that it worked and it would only last for a hundred years and returned twice more over those years to make sure it was staved off. Then... In 1840, so like 100 years later, like 101 years later, just as the minister said, sightings and disappearances happened all over the place, all around the barrens. Um, Children disappeared. Livestock were found dead. Screams were heard in the night just from the beast. It's like a really loud screech. That's what we heard earlier. Just like shit like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, creepy. Ooh, Um, that's weird. And also footprints were found in the mud and snow, as most of this stuff was reported around january of 1840 um some even blame that the infertile ground of the bear of the pines the barren pines they blame it on the new jersey devil um or the jersey devil sorry oh, okay um so in real life irl like actual scientifically Science the barrens is the pine barrens are called the pine barrens because it has a very unique sandy acidic ground that also has like very low nutrients in it so it only allows certain types of plants to grow and they are either carnivorous plants so they get most of their nutrients from actually like venus flytrap is the easiest just like example of that and so it's just good for those kind of plants and then the pine trees and then like it's really bad for growing crops so if you're in the 1700s the 1800s you're you're like fuck that place it's cursed because i can't grow anything yeah i can't grow my corn I can yeah. only grow Venus flytraps. Fly <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm fucking screwed. <laughs> so the earliest official sightings of the Leeds Devil, or the Jersey Devil, was published by the Atlantic Monthly in 1859. Um, I don't have an exact um, like excerpt from that, but there is one in 1887, which is basically just some dude talking about it. It's not super interesting, so we don't really need to go into it. He's like, yes, I um, saw a demon. 
but basically in 18 it's in 1887 and it is referred to as the devil of Leeds, and it is also just noted that many residents of the burlington county in new jersey just like know what it is so this is already like an established you know folklore legend of the area in the 1800s um so while also so here's some like important people that people may know if you're a history buff so while visiting the hanover mill works to inspect his cannonballs being forged uh commodore stephen decatur decatur yeah decatur yeah, he's a U.S. Naval officer. He was a Commodore in the U.S. Naval U.S. Navy. Um, he sighted a flying creature and fired a cannonball at it. He accounted the cannonball hitting the creature, but having no effect as the creature just continued on its way. Damn. <laughs> um, other accounts say that they just simply shot it, but also the cannonball's more fun. They shot you know. it, but the AC was too high for them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> AC was like, nah, don't yeah. care. It's like, sorry, I have a ice shield or Like whatever. they rolled like a 25, but the AC was like a 26. Yeah, yeah. so like. <laughs> if you don't get that, fuck you. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Go play yo. some Dungeons and Dragons, bitch. Also, Joseph Bonaparte, the elder brother of Napoleon Bonaparte, um, is also claimed to have seen the Jersey Devil while hunting on his or Bowdoin Town estate in 1820. Basically, mm. he just went on at night and saw a visage of it, like, you know, just our like, silhouette but... of it, sorry. Um, and then just, like, it screeched and ran away. Ew. Yeah, a little interesting there. Then in 1909 is where everybody just, like, starts going crazy about it. So you know how I told you in The Mothman, it sort of shows up. And then there was that, like, nine-month period where mm-hmm. everybody was, like, the fucking Mothman. And then the men in black show up. Yeah! And all that shit happens. This is basically what happens. Like, so the Jersey Devil has its, like, heyday, basically. So the Jersey Devil returned again, and literally thousands of people spotted the monster. Thousands? Or saw footprints, yeah. So, thousands? So there are, like, thousands, hundreds of accounts of footprints people actually seeing it or just seeing the footprints or uh hearing screeches in the night <gasps> that's yeah, scary there'd be people seeing it like feed off of critters in the forest etc 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 skeptics explain, explain that. that shit explain that shit <laughs> so thousands? the police officer or sorry thousands that no yeah it literally that's what it says that's crazy so it might be a little bit exaggerated i don't care but i would that's say crazy. at least hundreds of people saying that they allegedly saw footprints or heard screams, screeches. For the the sake of how fun this is, I'm going to go with thousands. Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, So a police officer named James Sackville spotted the monster while walking uh, his uh, dog one night. He said he was passing along a dark alley when a winged creature hopped into the street and let out a horrific scream. Sackville fired his revolver at the beast, but it spread its wings and vanished into the air. It's 1909, so you have a fucking gun. Yeah. Just like Cash. And he's a police officer. It's America, everyone. It's America. It's It's 1909. He's a police officer. You're born with a gun. That's three reasons to have a gun. Yeah. Like, you're born with a gun. (laughs) I was born with a gun in my hand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't like guns. (laughs) Next up during this time in 1909, we have a guy named E.W. Minister. He was the postmaster of Bristol, Pennsylvania. So it's interesting that it's the postmaster because the postmaster of the area of Stoll for the Stoll Cemetery, he was he was the reason why the place was called Stoll. It's oh. just an interesting coincidence also, that postmasters are brought up. This is the second coincidence we've had with your segment and my segment. Because you mentioned postmaster and I talked about the postmaster <gasps> of mine. And you mentioned footprints and I talked about footprints of mine. No. That's weird. <laughs> Footprints and postmasters. Mine's in Germany, know. so mine's like way far away. But it's yeah. weird. Like we we're both mentioning the same type of spooky elements. No, yeah, that's kind of fun. Uh, they're 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 key to like things that are going on. Yeah, totally. Fucking coincidences. No, they're not. No, they're not. So, um, Bristol, Pennsylvania, which is just over the New Jersey border, 
He stated that he awoke around two in the morning and heard a, quote, eerie, almost supernatural, end quote, sound coming from the direction of the Delaware River. He heard like, ah, uh, ah, uh, <laughs> oh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, put it in me. Put He's like, what is that sound? I've never heard a sound like that before. <laughs> um, so he looked out the window and saw what looked uh, like a large crane that was flying diagonally Ew. and emitting a curious glow. That's Ew. interesting. It was the Mothman. <laughs> the creature had a Muscle long bird. neck that was thrust forward in flight, thin wings, long black legs, and shorter ones in the front. The creature let on a combination of squawks and a whistle and then disappeared into the darkness. It's a zor. It's a zor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one afternoon that same week, uh, Miss J.H. White was taking clothes off her clothesline when she noticed a strange creature huddled in the corner of her yard. That is creepy as fuck. Ew. I would not investigate that. Ew. It's like bright daylight. Ooh, you know the first time when you see Halloween yeah, and yeah. Michael Myers is literally behind a clothesline? Or in The Conjuring 2 when she's like doing the, or is The Conjuring 1 when she's like taking That's sheets. That's The Conjuring 1. Clothesline. <laughs> God damn. I am never doing clothesline. I, I, I do like to air dry my clothes, but fuck clothesline. Fuck clothesline. Fuck motherfucking There's one clothesline. thing I learned from me, from from movies and podcasts. That is the, and I've always told you that is the part that gets me the most is when the, in Conjuring 1, when, when the sheet blows and, and it, it blows onto an invisible, oh, just an invisible <gasps> person. I'm squeezing my titties. That I'm was so like scared. right behind her the entire time. Yeah. Fuck. Right. And then you look Fuck. up in the window and you see a person looking down from the window and you're like, Ugh. ah! Fuck that. Spoilers. Fuck that. It's like, Spoilers. that movie is, six years old now it's more than five we're good so that's fuck the, you yeah that's the statue we talk about it every episode you know everything that happened you know every beat in that movie y'all if you were listening to us go watch conjuring one conjuring two insidious insidious two one. girls one insidious cup. two insidious two we will put a disclaimer you have to just enjoy horror in order to enjoy insidious you two. have to be us yeah you have to you just yeah it, but insidious one is good conjuring one and two is good go watch it um, even though Insidious 1 is a fucking PG-13 movie. We need to add that to our drinking game. If we talk about Insidious. <laughs> Insidious. If we mention James Wan or The Conjuring or Lee Winnell, Just take like eight shots. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you lose. You're drunk. Because <laughs> you're going to get fucking drunk. <laughs> the more we talk about The Conjuring, the drunker you know we, that we are. <laughs> right. Oh, fucking love Conjuring. Okay. So um, so this girl, this bitch, Miss J.H. White, she's taking clothes off her line when she notices a strange creature Ew. huddled in the corner of her <laughs> yard. <laughs> She screams. Oh, good. I thought she was going to go investigate it, but she screams and faints. You, good girl. Good. That's exactly what Same I would do. Girl. <laughs> She's like, ah! Yeah, I would Both do that. Lives. Exactly. Um, and her husband rushed out to the back door to find his wife on the ground and the devil close by. Ew. Spurting flames. <gasps> she chased the monster with a clothesline prop and it left over the fence and vanished. Ew. Ew. This is how you know it's a real life though instead of movies. Because movies, she would have investigated it and she would have been possessed. She'd have been like, what? Let's like, go. She's What's like, this hey? thing in the corner of my yard in the middle of the daylight? Totally. God damn. Also, here's just some other random sightings over the years. Um, in Greenwich, Connecticut, during December 25th, a local farmer shot an unidentified animal as it attempted to steal his chickens. Aww. And then he photographed the corpse. I couldn't find the photograph of this. So, mm. fuck this. no proof, bro. Yeah, so no proof, bro. You suck, bro. So afterwards, he claimed that none of the hundred people he showed could identify it. But there's no fucking photo, bro. Bro, it's just like a picture of his taint. He's like, "What is this?" <laughs> he just gets off about making people look at his taint. <laughs> totally. <laughs> He's like, "What is that? What is it? You think it's you, you think, think it's the the, the demon? The you devil think it's pine? a demon or a taint? Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, a demon." <laughs> You're like, "What?" 
You're like, Jerry's a weird neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> You're a weird ass dude. Uh, so on July 27th in 1937, an unknown animal with red eyes Ew. was seen by residents of Dowing, Dowington Abbey. No, Dowington, Downtown Pennsylvania. Abbey? Uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> he was compared to the Jersey Devil by a reporter for the Pennsylvania Bulletin on July 28th uh, later that year or just the next day. So basically, um, there's a lot of different accounts, um, yeah. just like people hearing things, people seeing a dead body of a corpse that they can't identify or of like an animal Ooh. and shit like that. Going all the way up, the biggest, uh, the last biggest one was just like people hearing screeches and it was a lot of the same people in the, in the, in an area hearing screeches that they couldn't identify if, like what animal it was coming from in like 1993. Ugh. That was like the biggest recorded like and- collective evidence that was almost 20 years ago yeah oh god that feels like yeah i was thinking that was like 15 that's still recent (laughs) this this legend's like 250 years old so we're good after those sightings we'll basically get into some scary encounters that i found online and so these two come from uh, weirdnewjersey.com and they just have a first name that are set at the end of them so i'll just say that to give these people credit because this is not my writing so just so i know so here's one from keith He says, I spent a lot of time in the Pine Barrens when I was growing up in New Jersey. I had my share of strange experiences. When I was about 13, I went camping alone near uh, Hampton Furnace. I had a bow with me and went looking for a rabbit dinner at about an hour before sundown. Something started following me back in the trees. It tailed me back to my camp and circled when I cooked my dinner. This kept me up until about two hours after dark. And let me tell you, it was one dark night. I finally decided that my visitor had moved on and crawled into my tent. When I just started to calm down, I heard a footstep stomp (gasps) down right behind my tent. I got all set to jump when all of a sudden this thing, whatever whatever it was, started screaming. I would compare the volume of the screen to a large truck's horn. I couldn't decide what to do. I had my bow and knife, but they didn't seem much. uh, They didn't seem like much at the time. After several blasts, it just stopped. Ew. I didn't hear a sound except my heart for about an hour. I was sure that if I stuck my head out of the tent, I'd lose it. In the morning, I could find no tracks in the picnic or in the pine needles. To this day, I still don't still don't like sleeping in tents. I'd rather take my chances in the open. Keith, what the fuck, Keith? You, you fucked Imagine the, if you didn't you have a fucking Keith. tent, you'd be killed. You'd be dead, Keith. You'd be dead, bitch. You'd be a dead bitch, Keith. Okay, so uh, this next one comes from... Uh, Kelly. This next one comes from Hello, Kelly. Hello, Kelly. Hey, Kelly. What's that? Hey, Kelly. So, as a native of Cape May County, I've had a typical uh, rite of passage trip to the Pine Barrens, the legendary home of the Jersey Devil. Yes. This Jersey girl went to Cape uh, May County Technical High School, which sponsored trips to the Pine Barrens for good grades in certain classes. I was one of the fortunate students to go three times during my four-year career at CMCT. I don't know what the fuck that is, so figure it out. Each time I went on this trip, my canoe was followed by a heavy-footed thing. With each step, I heard branches snap under its feet. Every 10 minutes or so, I could hear deep, beastly growls that to this very day give me the creeps. Ew. Being in a canoe and on a class trip didn't afford me much opportunity to flee in terror, so I stuck it out for three years. Every year, it was the same. During my sophomore year, I was pretty confident about my canoeing skills, so I didn't look over my shoulder much. I went canoeing with a friend of mine when we came across a bag that had been torn open and gone through. Around it were prints on the ground that looked something like a horse's hoof, only bigger. Ew. Then I heard it. (gasps) The cry that still haunts my dreams. Part human, part beast, and full of anger, pregnant with pure hate. 
pregnant. I nearly flipped, yeah, the canoe. <laughs> that is good. We left, leaving whatever it was out there behind, or so I thought. It seemed to follow us. Every time we stopped our pause, it got closer to the river. We pushed on. Then worse came to worse as we tipped the canoe. I heard the thing running behind us and for, and thought for sure we were dead. Then we righted our canoe and got into it as fast as humanly possible. We finally made it out to safety. Sun fried to a crisp, missing all of our uh, valuables and most of our clothes, but never happier to be on shore. We packed up our bus and left. As we were leaving, I rested my head on the window and saw a little cottage. I looked at it until the bus was about to pass and saw a woman. She looked back at me and I could see her skin was torn and bleeding. (gasps) After the bus passed, she vanished. Scared me so badly I wouldn't go into the woods for a year. Kelly. Damn, Damn, that's creepy. You fucked. You you fucked. You fucked. So that that woman is probably like Deborah. Yeah, Deborah. Because she's like in half of the legend, she's a witch. Yeah. She had that baby because like Lucifer came and bounced a bow wow with her. Yeah. Yeah. Satan come inside of me. (laughs) Every time we talk about that, I just think of this is the end (laughs) with Jonah Hill getting fucked by the demon. Oh my god, that's (laughs) such a good movie. That is such an underrated like Seth Rogen and James Franco film because it's so fucking good it's <laughs> it so is. funny it's, i love it it's cute it has and because of all the celebrity cameos it makes it so much better that's like, why it's so funny you're like what the fuck like, like when J- or michael sarah is just like snorting coke yeah. and he's like a total bitch to everybody yeah right and then he's like <laughs> and then he gets stabbed like this shit this is embarrassing yeah. <laughs> rihanna gets killed paul rudd's in it paul like oh, any celebrity you think that would be in it is in it that would be like yeah i'll show up for a day of shooting yeah like whatever i'm in town yeah. channing tatum's in a gimp suit what else do you yeah. need yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes he is okay so let's oh wait I'm, I'm not done you're not done no i'm sorry daddy uh well most of this will be edited out in the end um so for my last little bit um as we talked about these leads people are legit okay and so um before the jersey devils daniel's leads who he was a quaker and he was also a prominent person Ooh. in new jersey at the quaker time Quaker oats yeah and he uh, became ostracized by his quaker congregation after his 1687 publication of almanacs containing astrological symbols and writings, the people, the Quaker people deemed his almanacs too pagan and <laughs> blasphemous. That's cool And shit. so these almanacs were censored and destroyed by the local, local community, the Quaker community. So um, this sort of almost semi-excommunication, sort of ostr- ostracization and whatever you want to say, basically pushed him further into his studies and he became interested in Christian occultism and Christian mysticism. So this is real, y'all. This is not Damn. made up. So this is where people believe the. this is like a whole backstory to where people believe this whole legend came from. Basically, he just got into crazier stuff after the Quakers were like, fuck you, you're basically ostracized from our community, go away. So he becomes another form of Christianity. Who fucking knows? There's a ton. And just <laughs> that sums up Christianity in a nutshell. Right. Who knows? There's a ton. There's a fucking ton. <laughs> um, so he basically keeps releasing more and more almanacs each year, and he gets dives deeper and deeper into astronomy or astrology. Astrology, yeah, astrology, and just like occultism. And then eventually dies. Um, but he made a business out of his almanac, so he gives it to his son Titan Leeds. Um, so a decade later, Titan he gets wrapped up in these like apparently one of the quote most notorious almanac feuds of all time end quote sick <laughs> i want to die being known as that right so but get, guess what i want to be titan leads because he gets involved with the most notorious almanac feud of all time <laughs> with none other than benjamin fucking franklin oh 
I'm not God. even joking. Boom! History podcast. Bam! I'm not even making this up. So this feud gets out of hand because they're Obviously. both they both have their own reasons why you know based off of God and Jesus and this the is Holy the best Ghost. Thing you've ever talked about. Yeah, they have these like the you know their almanac is better than the other person's almanac. So He's they like, get I'm into this Benjamin crazy ass feud to where it gets so heated that. Um, Benjamin Franklin jokingly in his almanac for the year of 1733 mockingly predicts that Titan's death will happen in October. Y'all, I'm not making this up. <laughs> He's like, la, 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 And so la. Titan gets so offended that he says this like crazy ass slander offensive shit that was really offensive about Benjamin Franklin. And then Benjamin Franklin replies, oh, well, Titan must be dead and this must be his ghost because any living man that was self, any self-respecting living man wouldn't say those evil things in writing about another human being. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn, Benjamin. So, um, so this combination of Daniel Leeds, who is a real person, and Titan Leeds, who is a real person. So the combination of Daniel Leeds being ostracized and basically kicked out away from the Quakers, basically for paganism and occultism. Yeah. Along with the feud between his son, Titan, and... And Benjamin fucking Franklin. And Benjamin fucking Franklin, who quickly after this, you know, a few decades later, becomes a prominent figure in American history um, and loved by people. Um, that combination, along with a family crest that Titan began using on his almanacs, one that had the likeness of a drake mixed with a horse. Drake as in a dragon, but a drake yeah. only has feet. It doesn't have arms. Okay. Um, a dragon has four, you know, yeah, two, four. has four limbs and then the, then the six wings. limbs because there's a two li- wings. A drake just has two wings and there's sort of little arms on the wings. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, how's your sex life? <laughs> Anyways, how's your sex life, D&D? Um... <laughs> So basically, people, many epidemics believe that these factors, these three factors, are what made the Jersey Devil come to life. Oh. So they believe that Daniel Leeds existed, but his the wife Deborah Leeds, who's the the figure who who births uh, the thirteenth child, who's who the becomes witch? I will the always witch, believe the she witch. is more just made up as a conglomerate of all the like folklore shit. Yeah, she's like the fun element. Yeah, exactly. Like, what if her, she's the most fantastical element. Yeah, what if his wife is a witch? You're like. We're going with it. Yeah, right? And that'd be so fun. Yeah. So people just believe because that, the crest, if you literally, yeah, that's creepy. I don't know. There's like some, woo. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally sounds like, woo. Like, woo. Outside. Uh, now, I'm, now I'm spooked. Um, ah, I'm but spooked. yeah, so literally if you go and you look up Daniel Leeds almanacs, like you can see actual copies of them. And um, if you look up like their crest, it, it, it literally looks like a dragon that has a horse head or something like that. Oh, that's it's cool. cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So that's um, the Jersey Devil. Um, and again, y'all, like this is a very prominent cryptid. It is like almost as prominent as the Sasquatch or the Yeti. Um, I would say for like southern states um, bordering Mexico, we know about uh, the Chupacabra. Oh, yeah, And yeah. that's very prominent. But most other states really don't know about the Chupacabra as much. This is sort of the East Coast Chupacabra. Okay. Yeah. So I was actually going to ask a question about that because when I typed in earlier – Jersey Devils, because I accidentally added an S. Yeah, there's probably a um, that mascot? when I typed in. Yeah, it's a mascot for the New Jersey hockey team. Oh, but sure. Then as soon as I remove the, and S, it's based off of the Jersey Devil. Okay, so like it's yeah. that big enough for like. Oh yeah, like, so like people on the East Coast, I'm sure, are like this. yeah, we fucking know who the fucking Jersey Devil is. That's so, so y'all, this there is 
probably five times as much information. Um, there, I'm sure there's a, there's books. The images are really fun. It's like like you said, like a dragon. It's just like a chimera sort of thing. Totally, yeah. it, it's cool shit. Yeah, I like it. That's this is. I it like. is it is technically a chimera. Yeah, I, the Jersey Devil. I like it. Cool. Good spooky segment. Yeah. Spooky Good scoop. Corey, that's my spooky that's scoop. That's Corey's spooky scoop. <laughs> Here's my faggot fact. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> Faggots. Murder. No gays are involved <laughs> with the story that we know of. Aww. You know, this is like a long time ago. So yeah. maybe there were gays. Maybe they were gays. We just don't know. So I am talking about. Now, wait. Disclaimer. This is happening in Germany. So will I pronounce every single German name yes. incorrectly in Germantown incorrectly? Yes. I will pronounce it all incorrectly. So our friend who we give a shout out to, the Magnum, Magnum. Size underscore, send me a message and just tell me how wrong I am with the pronunciation Hell of, yeah. of the of I wish words. I knew German. Instead, the Lord God sent me to Chile and I learned Spanish. That's true. But you have German in your blood, Corey. So I am half German. And then I took four years of German. But so I totally forgot it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. So this is about this is and I perp- earlier today I like searched on YouTube for every single person saying these names and Hell words. Yeah. I so love I that. Could, That's my favorite. Whenever I get uh, native like Native American things, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Hell yeah. But so but I'm drunk now. So every research I've done is out the window. <laughs> so whatever <laughs> I wrote down on this pod on, on this Google Doc is what I'm saying. Nice. So I am today talking about. The Hinterkaifeck murders. Sure. That is the correct way to say it. Hinterkaifeck murders. Now, this is kind of similar similar to the Sauter family, which I've talked about before. So, equally as sad, equally oh. as like, you know, just what was the Sauter complete family? fuckery. The Sauter family are those kids. It was the fire and those oh, kids yes. just disappeared. That was so interesting. Yeah. It's so like, what the fuck happened? That was the episode where like Tyler messaged me. He was like, Chana, I'm sad. Yeah. He's like, because your segment made me sad. It makes me scared too. To- yeah. Because it's like, it's true crime. But if if you go in, because we didn't go into, there's, there's a many other speculations of what happened and some of them get like supernatural or extraterrestrial and it like spooks me the fuck out right yeah so we're talking about the hinter kaifek murders so on april 4th 1922 yeah so this is almost a hundred years ago we're wow. talking about now 2019 we're getting there so it's almost 2022 years ago, yeah so the Gruber family which Gruber is Gruber. like the most stereotypical german last name you could possibly think of so after the Gruber family of Hinterkaifeck, they, they lived on a farm in Bavaria, Germany, and they were not seen for about four days. This is April 4th again. Um, now, three men went to the property, and upon investigation, they found the blood-soaked and mutilated bodies of Andreas Gruber, his wife, Kazila Gruber, his daughter, Victoria Gabriel, and his granddaughter, Kazilia. And they were stacked on top of each other inside of their barn. Whoa. Shortly after, they found the maid, uh, Maria Baram Gartner. I completely butchered that. And uh, the youngest family member, which was Victoria's son, Joseph, murdered in the home. To this day, the murder is unsolved. Shit. So let's take this back. Let's talk about what happened before these horrific murders. And then I'm going to get in some really gruesome details here. Yeah. This is my spooky segment. I got to get gross. Yeah. So let's talk about the family background. So Andreas Gruber, he was the antisocial type. And again, Andreas was like the dad of the group. Um, He was very antisocial and he wanted complete control of his family. Um, He often beat his wife, Kazelia Gruber, and he was extremely abusive to his daughter, Victoria. Shocker. It is actually speculated that Kazelia, his wife, gave birth to multiple children. (sighs) 
but they no. died because he was Cause so abusive because he would beat them to death and victoria was the only one that lived is that factual i'm not sure that's more speculation but um based off of his behavior i would yeah. i wouldn't it's not outlandish doubt it. yeah it's believe. not crazy to, to think that now according to the locals Andrea had an incestuous relationship with Victoria, um, who he kept strict control of, and he actually forbade her to remarry after her first husband got killed during World War One. Whoa. Now, Andreas and Victoria were convicted of incest in 1915. Victoria served one month in jail for the crime, and Andreas served a year in jail for the crime. Okay. Now, while many people believed that Victoria's two-year-old... <laughs> She's like, I was raped. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you're going to jail. You're going to jail. She's like, my dad's not a good guy. They're like, you're going to jail. You're going to jail. Um, Now, Victoria, she had a son. His name was Joseph. Um, He was about two years old when this all happened. Um, A lot of people believe that he was the child of Victoria, and the father was Lorenz Schlittenbauer. He was their neighbor. I'm going to talk about him later. Cool. Um, But there's also speculation that the father was actually Andreas himself. So he had sex with his daughter. She got pregnant with his child so joseph's dad is his grandpa slash dad and there's a lot of proof kind of leading to that um however the true identity of joseph's father remains a mystery whether it was lorenz or if it was andreas it's unknown um now andreas he was also a nazi sympathizer so all in all andreas is a fucking asshole he was a fucking son of a bitch so fuck you andreas um but so long story short, he had a lot of enemies. He had way more enemies than he did friends, especially where he was at in Germany, because the town that they were in was primarily Catholic, and they were primarily pretty. Um, they weren't Nazi sympathizers. Okay, to put cool. in a to go that town. lighter terms, because they they were like, you know what, like Jewish people aren't the worst people in the world. This is kind of getting a little weird. So anyway, so strange occurrences started happening before the murder. So now you know the backstory of the family. Andres was an asshole. He was super abusive. He raped his daughter. He potentially had a grandson slash son. It wasn't a good family. Um, On top of that, strange occurrences started happening. Um, One of the things that started happening is six months before they were murdered, the maid actually quit because she claimed that the house was haunted. Because she was hearing footsteps in the attic, unfamiliar voices, everything like that. She was a pretty superstitious woman. And she was like, you know what? This is some classic haunting shit happening. I'm out. So she quit. Same. And the Gruber family was like, okay, that's fine. You're leaving. I'm on her team. We'll see you later. Yeah, she was the smart one. Now, originally, the Gruber family first ignored the maid's claims of a haunted farm. But... Throughout those past six months, things started getting weirder and weirder. Andreas Gruber found a strange newspaper from Munich on his property. Uh, The paper didn't belong to anybody in the family. He went to his neighbors. They're like, I don't even fucking know what this is. He even went to the postman, and he was like, I don't know what this is. Sorry. Because they thought maybe the postman accidentally delivered it to us. No. Like, no one knew what it was. So there was a newspaper incident. Um, The second weird thing that happened was... Andreas Gruber noticed that there were scratch marks around the keyhole of his tool shed. No. Um, he believed that someone tried to pick the lock, but they failed. Now, just days before the, the murder, Gruber told neighbors that he discovered a tr- foot, so footsteps, so tracks in the fresh snow leading up to his house from the forest, but there were no footsteps leading back from the house to the Ooh. forest. So that was like... We like talk someone's about in your house, bitch. Yeah, you talked about footsteps in yours, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. that reminds me of mine. Um, it was strange. 
Um, but like I said, the strange thing that he noticed was the fact that the tracks did not lead back from the house to the forest. So he was like, this is a little interesting. Why would you just... I would burn my house. Now, around this time, the family's house keys went missing. And during the night, they would hear footsteps in the attic. Um, but Andreas Gruber found no one when he'd search the building. So he'd go up to the attic, no, you search kidding around, me? and he couldn't find anybody. Now, although he told several people, including his neighbor, Lawrence, um, who we know, like, banged Victorian stuff. Yeah. Um, he told a bunch of people about these strange as fuck events, and everyone's like, do you want a gun? Do you want to tell the police? But Andreas Gruber refused to accept help, and he refused to tell the police. So all of these events were leading up to March 31st, 1922. Damn. So that afternoon, a brand new maid showed up for her very first shift. Her name was Mar- Maria <laughs> Baumgartner. Has I'm, the worst luck in history. Yeah, she arrived at the farm that day. Um, her sister had escorted her to the farm, and she left the farm after a short stay. Um, and her sister was most likely the last person to see everybody alive. They actually took a picture of everyone at the farm that day, so you can see a picture of them. You know, within twelve hours of them all being Whoa, brutally murdered. That happens so often. Yeah, like makes crazy you think, ass shit it? like that, and you're like, oh, they, there's a picture of them like within three days, right? Yeah. makes you think i'm like damn i'm like there's gonna be some picture of me before i and get it's not killed. i mean like and it, yeah these are mostly like older uh stories so they like didn't take pictures all all the time even like in the 70s they weren't taking we're now all the like time. a selfie is so common but back then yeah. like a picture is more of a bigger They're like deal. oh yeah they all like had a picture you know two days two days before this happened you're like what yeah because i'm taking a picture wasn't as readily available as it is now yeah. whereas now it's pulling a device out of my pocket but back especially then especially in like, fucking 1922 yeah you hire a photographer to show up you stand still for you know 10 seconds Ugh. so anyways they had a picture taken that day so i have a picture of the entire family together shit so the sister was the last person to see, to see them alive and a few hours later every single person in the house would be brutally murdered oh. Um, now, it's important to note, because the bodies were not found for four days after they were killed, it is pretty difficult to reconstruct the exact events that took time or that took place in the exact order that they took yeah, place. Yeah, with 1922 forensic. Yeah. But some details science. are clear after the investigation. So I just want to make that before. So, you know, the bodies weren't found for four days. So the timing of these events could have happened during different times. Yeah, imagine coming up on four day old bodies stacked on top of each other. Yeah, blood-soaked bodies. Holy shit. So, sometime late the evening that the murders took place, Victoria Gabriel, um, her seven-year-old daughter, Kazila, and her parents, Andreas and Kazila Gruber, were lured to the family barn through the stable where they were brutally murdered one at a time. Now, the, per- the perpetrator, or perpetrators, um, they used a pickaxe belonging to the family farm and killed the family with blows to the head. After killing off four of the six people living in the farm, the perpetrator moved from the barn through the stable into the living quarters where the same murder weapon was used and he killed the maid Maria. It was her very first day in her bed. And then he killed two-year-old Joseph, which is Victoria's son, Mm. in his crib while he slept. So um, neighbors, they woke up the next morning not knowing any of the horrific events happened. Oh, what a beautiful day. They looked out their window. <laughs> what a beautiful German day. What a beautiful German day. The hills are alive with the, with sound, the sound of music. music. Now, looking at the Gruber's farm, everything looked totally normal. Nothing, lo- nothing looked out of place. There was smoke coming from the chimney. The farm work was getting done, etc. The only thing they didn't see were the Gruber's themselves. Now, how is this possible? 
Well, the killer, Demon. he was living on the farm after the murders took place. He took care of the animals. He fed the animals. He milked the cows. Whoa. He fed the dogs. He pet the dogs. He played fetch with the dogs. He made multiple meals for himself out of all of the food that was inside their actual home. He cleaned up the house. He took showers. He slept. He masturbated. He did all (laughs) normal activities you would do. He did at the house while there were bodies in the house and in the barn. Now, and also it's important to note that the family was kind of known for keeping to themselves. So not seeing the Grubers wasn't completely out of normal, like out of the everyday but it still was a little odd, but, like, it wasn't something to be super alarmed about. It's not like the Gruber's going to walk up and be like, Heidi Ho, neighborino. Like, yeah, I'm here to, to talk about the, the German news. Like, they kind of sucked to themselves. Now, April 1st rolled around, um, and neighbors were a little like, what's going on? Because young Cecilian, she was only, or her name was Cecilia. Cecilia, Cecilia. I'm sorry, I'm butchering that name. She was seven. Um, she didn't show up for school. And uh, the family did not show up to church. So, And Victoria was a member of the church choir. So neighbors were like, that's a little odd. Maybe they're sick. That's a little weird, though. Um, that same day, coffee sellers Hans and Edward Shrivoski, they arrived at the Hinterkaivek farm to place an order. And they knocked on the door, but no one was answering the door. They knocked on the window. No one was answering. And they walked around the whole property and they didn't notice anybody. They're like, that's a little odd. Maybe they're gone. I don't know. Yeah. So that was when everybody, like the first days when everyone's like, it's a little weird not seeing them, but okay, we're just going to go with it. Like maybe they're, we'll move on. Yeah. maybe they're like, you know, off doing family shit. I don't know. April 3rd rolled around. Um, Kazelia, she missed school again. And the postman, Joseph Meyer, you mentioned a postman in your story. Ah! This is me talking about my postman. Postmans are devils. So Joseph Meyer, the devil himself, um, he was delivering mail, and he noticed that Saturday's mail was still where he had left it and that no one had been in the yard. So that's when he started noticing, okay, like there's no activity here. This is getting a little weird. Yeah. Now, April 4th rolled around. Albert Hoffner showed up at the farm to repa- to repair um, the engine of the food chopper. So I don't know. Some farm. Some farm some thing. I don't know. Uh, anyways, he started or he stated that he had not seen any of the family and he had ne- he had heard nothing but the sound of animals, noting a barking dog. Now, after waiting for about an hour. So he just like stood around waiting for an hour for someone to be like, yes, yeah, start working. He was like, OK, I'm just going to go work on the repair myself. They're probably not home. I mean, he stood around for an hour. Okay. So the repair took about four and a half hours. So at this point, he was on the property for about five and a half hours. He didn't see four stacked dead bodies in the barn? That Yeah, apparently not. Now, after yeah, the repair, allegedly. he noticed that the barn door was open, mm. but he couldn't say for certain whether or not it was open before he got there. Now, he peeked into the barn, but he did not go inside. And he didn't smell four four-day-old rotting, rotting carcasses. So after that, um, Albert, he went to his friends. His friends was Lorenz Schlittenbauer, the neighbor. Yeah. Um, again, he was neighbor. He, like, banged Victorian stuff. And he and his other friend was George Greger. He was the mayor of the town. He told them about what happened, and he was like, it was a little odd. Like, no one was there. Um, it just felt a little uneasy. Like, I noticed the barn door was open. I don't know if it was open before. I don't know. It was just a little weird. So with that information, Lawrence, uh, he th- sent his two sons to the farm to see if they could make contact with the family. But they showed up and they're like, we didn't see anybody. Like, I don't know what you want from his dad. There was no one there. 
So Lawrence was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the farm with a couple of my friends, see what's going on. Um, and they went to the farm, and that's when they discovered Damn. the mostly concealed bodies in the barn and also the home. Now, Inspector George Ryan Gruber and his colleagues from the Munich Police Department, they investigated the killings. More than 100 suspects were questioned throughout the years, Whoa. Um, with, the, with the most recent questioning taking place in 1986. None of the questioning ever yielded any conclusive results. Now, the day after the discovery of the bodies, court physician Johann Baptist Amuller, I sure. again, I'm butchering that last name, um, he performed the autopsies in the barn. It was established that a pickaxe was most likely the murder weapon, though the weapon itself was not at the scene. They couldn't find the weapon. Ooh, okay. So this next section I'm going to get into is about the autopsies. Yeah. It's a little graphic. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily rated R or NC-17, but it's definitely PG-13. <laughs> so hide your children, hide your wives. Hide your children, hide your wives. And if you don't want, get out here. <laughs> if you don't want a three to five minute description of something that's pretty graphic, skip ahead. Um, otherwise, here we go. Let's get into some graphic shit. So um, these are the reports from the family's autopsies. And these reports paint a horrifying picture of the injuries. So the elder Cazilia, Cecilia, she was 72 years old. She showed signs of strangulation and seven blows to the head, which left her with a cracked skull. Now the face of her husband, Andreas, he was 63. His body was caked with blood and his cheekbones protruded from the shredded flesh around his face. What? Because the, the axe marks were so violent and severe against his face that you could just see the cheekbones the the actual oh, structure wow. of his face okay. the bone structure peeking through the skin and the blood now victoria she was 35 her skull was smashed pretty much to pieces um, but they were able to see that on her head there were nine star-shaped wounds on the right side of her face and she was repeatedly hit with a blunt object okay now the younger Cazelia, she was seven her lower jaw was completely shattered, and her face and neck um, were covered in gaping circular wounds. Now, while the elder Cazelia, Andreas, and Victoria likely died instantly from expertly delivered blows from the pickaxe, the autopsy found that the younger Cazelia likely remained alive and in shock for several hours after what? her attack because they found clumps of her bloody hair and scalp in her hands because she pulled the hair from her scalp because she was in such intense shock and grief. So she was lying. How old was she? Seven. So after the murderer killed these people. And stacked her. They stacked her. So above her were the bodies of her grandpa, her grandmother, and her mother. She was presumed dead, but she was still alive. So in response to the shock and grief, she grabbed her hair by her fingertips and pulled. And so when she was found, her body, she had the... She had hair clumps. She had hair clumps. And her she had bald patches on her head. No. That is the rated R graphic That's part. That's ridiculous. Now, the bodies in the barn, like I mentioned, were stacked on top of each other. And, they, and straw was covering the bodies. Now, inside the farmhouse, little Joseph and the maid, Maria Baumgartner... Again, I butcher that na- last name. I'm sorry. Um, they met a similar fate. Maria was killed crosswise blows to the head in her bed and Joseph by a heavy blow to the face in his crib in Victoria's room. Like the bodies in the Holy barn, shit. theirs are also covered. Maria's with her bed sheets and Joseph with his mother's dress. Ew. Ew. Okay, bye, Simone. My mom bones. I'm scared. Just, just leave. Now, during this time, 
decapitation was a common practice during an, that was performed during an autopsy. But the strange thing about this, okay. yeah, why I don't know. We're, that'll be a spooky scoop in the future. Yeah. So the autopsy doctor scientist whoever he is he cut off their heads but this is where it gets interesting he actually sent their severed heads to a clairvoyant to get some sort of spiritual (laughs) or psychic explanation but the clairvoyant was like i have nothing bro i'm scamming you you just sent me six (laughs) heads so then after the clairvoyant saw the heads Somehow they fucking lose the fucking heads. No. They try to claim that there was a bombing where they had where they had the heads, so it was gone. But there's not really any what proof of that bombing. But somehow they lost six heads. Like no. six heads were lost. Oh, uh-uh, they used that in a fucking ritual. So what's even crazier is then they still had to do the funerals for these people. They had funerals where all these people were buried headless. So they had, like, you, you know, the fucking funeral. That's disturbing as fuck. Yeah, you, like, walk up to the open casket, and it's without a head. It's, like, Shit. headless peep, six people being then, buried like, without heads. And then, like, six headless bodies just, like, haunt the town for the rest of eternity. Right? Anyways, let's get into the investigation. So now the graphic okay. part is over. Hello back to everybody that skipped over the graphic part. Welcome back. You missed some pretty fucked up things. Um, we're going to get through it. So let's get into this investigation. So who the fuck killed this family? Who the fuck is capable of committing such horrific acts of violence? And who the fuck did this and did they act alone? So these are the type of questions the police were asking. Everybody's asking just who the fuck did something like this? What the fuck? Where they murdered six people with a goddamn pickaxe and it caused a little girl to do that to herself. Oh. So... Throughout this investigation, um, they originally started, they originally thought that it was robbery. So they interrogated traveling craftsmen, poor people in the town or the town surrounding, um, known criminals and several inhabitants from the surrounding areas. Um, However, during the search of the property, they found a large amount of money just chilling in the house, just like, you know, random bags full of gold. So they realized that the their theory thickens. of robbery slash murder wasn't really valid anymore. It wasn't really credible because if it was a robbery, they would obviously steal the gold, the money, the valuables, but yeah. none of the valuables were taken. What the fuck? So with no clear motive to uh, to gather from the crime scenes, the police began to formulate a list of suspects um, just based off of people that the Grubers knew. Now, during the course of the investigation, more than 100 people were questioned about their impossible involvement with the brutal killings, which is a lot for the 20s for this small little village in yeah. Germany. 100 people was a lot. So let's go over some of the suspects and theories. So first, I'm going to talk about my favorite soap opera-esque theory, which is Carl Gabriel. <laughs> so the husband of Victoria Gabriel, his name is Carl Gabriel, he had reportedly been killed in December of 1914 during the First World War. However, his body was never recovered. Dun, dun, what? dun. So obviously, this is leading us to the soap opera theory that I love. This is Downton Abbey shit. Which I hope when I die, I found out this is what really happened. Because it's so soap opera-esque. Yes. So after the murders, people began to speculate that Carl Gabriel never died in war. Shit. Dun, dun, dun. Now, Victoria had given birth to Joseph illegitimately after her husband had died. She was still, you know, married her husband. She wasn't married. She was single, a widow. She gave birth to this little boy. As we talked about earlier, two-year-old Joseph was rumored to be the son of Victoria and her father, Andreas. Or it was the neighbor. Or for rumor's sake, it was her father. 
Now, some theorize that Carl Gabriel killed the family to seek revenge, that Victoria would go have sex with her father and have her father's child. Shit, yeah. Soldiers testified of his death. They were like, yo, no, he's really dead. I don't know why people are saying he's not dead. And the police were inclined to believe them. But this theory still gained popularity over the years because everyone or a bunch of people pretty much said that they either were in contact with Carl Gabriel at a time after his death. They talked to him. They saw him. Um, and the other popular theory is that he actually exchanged his identity with a fallen comrade. So he pretended Ooh. to be someone dead. But now he's, you know, like he's fucking madman. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's one of the big, that's one of the popular theories, very soap opera that her, her widowed, cause she was a widow cause of this guy, but he wasn't really dead the whole time. He came back and sought revenge and mm. murdered Victoria and her entire family. Another theory was a murder suicide theory. So it was speculated, um, like I mentioned multiple times now that Joseph was actually the child of Victoria and her father, Andreas, mm-hmm. and that one of them, either it was Victoria or Andreas, killed the entire family before turning the pickaxe on themselves. However, the end, the injuries that were on the bodies based off the autopsies um, were not self-inflicted at all. They were very violent and obvious that yeah. someone, a That's third so party crazy. Uh, did it to them. Um, so it wasn't really possible for a murder suicide. So that was ruled out pretty fast, but it's still a fun little thing to say. Uh, the biggest witness or the biggest suspect was Lawrence Schlittenbauer. So that was the neighbor who like banged Victorian stuff. Um, so to go into a little bit about that. So in 1918, his f- first wife, uh, she passed away. And that's when Lawrence started the intimate relationship with, with Victoria Gabriel, the daughter of Andreas. Um, they even planned to get married, but Andreas interfered and oh, their relationship he ended because yeah. he was, had really intense control issues over his daughter now, Lawrence eventually married someone else. Um, though he and his wife welcomed a baby, it tragically died a few di- few weeks later. Now, he always believed that Joseph, who was Victoria's child, was his own son. In fact, his initials were the one on Joseph's birth certificate. Whether or not he was the real father, that is up in the air. But you couldn't have Andrea's dad write the initials. So you know, Joseph wrote the initials. Yeah. And so people speculate you know, perhaps he killed the family because Victoria had come after him for child support. Maybe she wanted him um, to take away his claim of the child. There's a lot of, uh, he has a lot of motive about him being the father to the child, which is why he would kill the people. Um, so he was suspected by locals as the perpetrator because one, he fucked Victoria so Joseph could be a son. Two, because of his behavior during the discovery of the, bo- the bodies. And three, because of the strange comments he kept on making throughout the case. So we talked about how he fucked Victoria. Ooh. That's number one. Number two, the discovery of the bodies. So when he and his friends went to investigate the bodies, because he was the one who found the bodies with his friends, um, they had a break of gate. They had to pretty much break into the property. They broke into the barn, and they found the four bodies. His two friends were left in complete shock. They suffered some horrific ptsd from seeing the bodies in in that condition but lauren's he was pretty unbothered by it he saw the bodies he was like okay they're here that's fine and he looked at the bodies and he immediately went into the house and he was like i need to see if my son's okay i need to go look for my son so he went and walked into the house get out of the way but the other all of his friends clearly heard him take out his own set of keys open the house and unlock the door he went and now it's important to remember 
that there was a key that went missing right before they got murdered. Now, was this the exact key that went missing or because he was having relations with Victoria? True, true, true. Did she just give him a key? You know, it's up in the air completely. How did he get that key? Um, Now, he also apparently disturbed the bodies at the scene, like moved them around, messed with evidence because he was looking for his son. And because of that, it Mm -hmm. did get in the way of the initial investigation. And because he did that, people were like, oh, he obviously did that on purpose because he's acting like a concerned neighbor, a concerned friend, like frantically looking for his son or looking for clues. But really, he's just disturbing the evidence. Yep, yep, just messing things up. Exactly. Um, Now, the other... The, the last reason why people thought that he was involved is because of his strange comments. Um, he said things like, well, the murderer probably buried them under straw because the ground was still too frozen to bury them in. Or he would talk about the positions the Ooh, bodies were in yeah. nonchalantly. Talk about facts about the family. That's like shit I'd say, though. <laughs> just sort of be like, ooh, just think about it. I'd be like, ooh, maybe you shouldn't do that because, like, the moon would be that high. So, like, you couldn't see that. Well, and that and is like, what? <laughs> and that is the argument because he was their neighbor and he was a farmer. So he would be aware of the ground. That's if he true. couldn't plant fucking corn, how could he bury bodies? Like, especially four bodies. So, like, that is the main argument where, yeah, yeah he made those comments because he's a farmer and he's their neighbor. Uh, but still like uh, the, his nonchalant behavior and how he treated the bodies when he first saw them. And also the comments later on made people be like, this is a little odd. Um, now the police, they questioned him extensively, but they were unable to conclusively place him at the crime scene. Um, and they pretty much ruled off his behavior, his comments, everything as shock. Um, and they reasoned and his knowledge of the farm, because of his relationship with Victoria and he was their neighbor. So he's like, they got their key because he was their neighbor. He was having sex with Victoria. He said those comments. He reacted to those bodies because he was in shock, which is a valid excuse. True. Like if I saw four bodies brutally murdered in that way, I don't know how I, how I would react. I'd start spouting off shit like that. I think, I think it's possible. I would, I would start trying to solve it myself. Yeah. To like ignore the shock. Yeah. And like, cause you're, you're in such disbelief and shock that it'd be very easy to disconnect yourself from the situation uh-huh. and be like, Oh, they're gone. Okay. Yeah. I'd and be like, Oh, I saw that once like on that true crime thing. Yeah, exactly. Now to continue with Lawrence. Now before his death in 1941, he conducted and won several civil claims for slander against his person because pretty much the rest of his life, he was described as the murderer of Hinton Kaifek. So even though he was proven Whoa. not to be the murderer, well, proven as much as he could have been proven during this time, it followed him forever. And for the rest of his life... Are there life, any of his like his descendants that say anything? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Not that I read. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but for as long as he lived, people always thought that he was the murderer, even if he wasn't. Maybe he was. I don't know. Yeah. More people. We're going to talk about some more suspects. The next one is... what about the footsteps in the attic? Yeah. And the key marks. No one's going to talk about that? Okay, fine. It's a fucking... demon. So this is where... Crossover episode. It was the Jersey Devil. (laughs) It was the fucking Jersey Devil. (laughs) It was Valak. You He went on vacay. It happened. He he wanted to go have a relaxing journey in Germany. Yeah, man. He wanted to go on the Sound of Music tour. Yeah. And then was like, I'll just stop (laughs) by... The Sound of Music tour? (laughs) No, I actually looked up. So Bavaria is a state within. So like a state as in just like a uh, basically you could just say a yeah state of Germany and it it, it borders the Austrian border. So, yeah. Cool. He wanted to go to the Sound the of Music sound tour. Of music. Yeah, he was all into that shit. So this is actually a musical. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. OK, so let's get into some more sus- some more suspects. This one is Adolf Gump, not Adolf Hitler. 
Adolf. So. Fun fact, actually. So I only read this like in one place. <laughs> you say Adolf Hitler and the next thing you say is fun fact. Well, because this involves Nazis and Adolf Hitler. Uh-huh. I only read this in like one source. I was like, I don't know how legitimate this is. This oh, is just true. like people just totally shooting the shit. Yeah. Um, some people think the Nazis were somehow like Adolf was like, you need to kill the Grubers. Oh, yeah. The, the Nazis are somehow involved in everything. Yeah. So yeah. somehow, no matter what I say, it was the Nazis that did yeah. it. It was Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Motherfucker. Adolf Gump was rumored to be dating Victoria. Okay. It was unknown if they really were dating. Maybe people just saw them at a bar or a restaurant. Does he also live in the place, in Uh, the town? Yes. I don't know. I didn't go that far into it because it doesn't really... It's just like a side... Yeah, yeah. it's just like a side hoe right now. Yeah, yeah. So Adolf Gump, he was involved with another murder. Apparently, he murdered nine peasants. Now, it says that like directly, like quote-unquote peasants. I'm not just saying, throwing the word peasants (laughs) out there. Peasants, whatever peasants. you want to interpret that with, but he murdered nine peasants. So investigators, they were like, okay, he murdered people before. He dated Victoria. We shouldn't rule him out. Let's look into him. What the fuck? Now, he did have an alibi, so they didn't really investigate further. However, in 1951, prosecutor Andreas Pop, he investigated Adolf's brother. His name was Anton in relation to the murders of Hinterkaifeck. Now, the sister of the Grumps even claimed on her deathbed that her brothers, Adolf and Anton, committed the horrific murders. Whoa. As a result, Anton Gump was remanded by the police and they, he was brought into custody. But Adolf was already dead at this point because he died in 1944. But after a short time, Anton was dismissed again. And in 1954, the case against him was finally discontinued because they, they didn't really have anything. They just had a girl's dying sentence, pretty much. Like, yeah, this girl said they did it, but we true, don't true, have true. any factual yeah, evidence. It's just he said, she said. Yeah, it's, it's totally he said, she said. The next person I'm going to talk about is Peter Weber. Peter Weber was named a suspect by Joseph Betts. The two working together um, in the winter of 1919 or 1920 as laborers, um, they shared a bedroom. Yay. They did good shit. Now, according to Betts, Weber spoke in the time of a remote farm, Hinterfike or Hinterkaifeck. I don't know how I possibly said that word wrong. (laughs) I said it like a hundred times. Now, Weber knew that only an old couple lived there with their daughter and her two children. And it's likely that he knew about the incest between Gruber and his daughter, which is kind of a well-known thing. Now, Betts testified in a hearing that Weber had suggested killing the old man to get the family's money. But when Betts did not respond to the offer, Weber stopped talking about it. So pretty much Peter Weber talked about the, oh my God, Simone just almost She like almost knocked over your computer. Yeah. She's like, me. I was like, okay, Simone. So Peter Weber was like, yo, these people at Hinterkaifeck, they're loaded. It's just this old couple, his daughter, the kids. Let's go murder them. And Joseph Betts is like, what? what? I don't want to murder people, you <laughs> fucking psycho. I'm good. So Peter Weber never talked about it again. But it was obviously brought in. That's noteworthy. Yeah. Yeah, it's noteworthy. <laughs> Noted. He talked about killing them before all casually <laughs> during like lunch. That's like me being like, Corey, let's go kill the Smiths tomorrow. Yeah, I'm you're like, I'm like, cool, okay. So, and then Jordan's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So next person or the last people I'm going to talk about is the Bitchler brothers. <laughs> yeah. Bickler brothers. Bitchler brothers. I think it's Bickler or Bickler. I'm going to say Bitchler. The Bitchler brothers. The Bitchler brothers. <laughs> the Bitchler brothers and George Siegel. 
So the former maid who worked from November 1920 to uh-huh. September 1991, she was the one that's like, yo, this place is this fucking haunted. haunted. I'm getting the fuck out. Yeah. She suspected the brothers Anton and Carl Bichler to have committed the murders because Anton Bichler had helped with the potato harvest on Hinterkaifeck's farm. Um, therefore, he knew everything about the farm, mm-hmm. like how to get in, where the pickaxe was located, everything there was to know about the farm. He knew the ins and outs of it. The maid also overheard Anton suggest that the family ought to be dead because of the incest and also because of the amount of money that they had. However, the police couldn't find anything on them to really connect them to the murder. So to sum up, like a lot of these suspects that I talked about, it's a lot of he said, she said drama. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a lot of rumors like, oh, well, maybe her maybe Victoria's husband wasn't dead. Well, the maid heard this. Well, I heard the neighbor was fucking Victoria. It's just so many rumors. So much he said, she said everything just got cluttered and disoriented. And especially because they weren't even able to find the bodies for four days after the murder happened. It was difficult to put anybody any person in a specific place there at the scene at the same time. Exactly. Now, despite them interviewing over a hundred people, they arrested multiple people. No murderers were ever found. No one was convicted of the crime. And the case was closed in 1955 as a cold case. Damn. Now, 2007, the students of the police Academy in here we go. Bear with me. First and filed Brook. (laughs) Furstenfeilbrook. Sure. Some police academy in Germany, they they re-examined the case using modern criminal investigation techniques, and they concluded that it is impossible, Aww. impossible to definitively solve the crime after so much time has passed. This demon. Because of the pr- the primitive investigation techniques available at the time, such as decapitating the heads during the autopsy, you know, the corrupted evidence, you know, people just walking in and out of the murder scene yeah the neighbor touching the bodies things like that everything was so fucked up and so messy that there wasn't a way to really definitively it's just like you could even say like the whole town wasn't on it because you have that whole there they aren't nazi sympathizers and then the whole incest and then there's those random things here and there that like why did they cut off the heads why did they touch the bodies and move it around what you know like all these different people doing a little random out of place thing. Yeah, exactly. And all the like, he said, she fuck? said, all the rumors, like, you're right. And that's like another theory is maybe everybody's involved. Or all of them being like, we didn't think there was anything out of the ordinary, you know, for four days. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, they're just, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Right? They're just prolonging the it investigation. It could be the entire fucking town. That's true. Oh, shit. Yeah. Shit, fuck tit, bitch. Yeah. I'm convinced it was the whole, we just with, solved a crime. Well, yeah, like with the political like background in the, in the time. Yeah. Exactly. And like that whole town, like they were not Nazi sympathizers. And if, and Andreas was pretty open about his views. I mean, he's open about fucking his daughter. He was open about being a Nazi. God damn. And if the whole town was obviously when did this anti- happen? in the 20s. 1920s. Okay. 1922. Yeah. And so like if the whole town was obviously like anti-Nazi, anti-incest. They could like the neighbor and his friends could be involved and they personally waited four days. Holy shit, Corey. Yeah. We just solved a fucking crime. Yeah. Maybe it was someone totally random. Maybe it was his neighbor. Maybe it was Victoria's husband coming back from the dead. Maybe it was anybody. I don't know. The fact is, you know, it's almost been a hundred years since this case has been around. And 
there's nobody. And in 2007, mm-hmm. they're like, we can't definitively say it was one person because everything oh, was sad. so convoluted and tampered with. Yeah, They did say, based off of evidence at the crime scene that they did have, they could pinpoint it to one person, but that person was dead. They never named his name because of his family. Mm-hmm. But again, they're like, even we don't know they're like it's a 50 50 like maybe it was him or maybe his evidence is just on the scene just like because people were walking in and out of the crime scene all day before the police were there because it is important to note that between the time that they found the bodies it was a full day before the police even showed up because they had to send a messenger to the police department to be like oh yes look at this everyone's like "Ooh, what's going on so yeah like your neighbor from the town over walked over to go see the to check out the bodies so it was so convoluted and there's so much dna everywhere pretty much that they didn't even have dna back then but there's so it was just messy nothing was really taken care of because they didn't even know they had to really take care of that because in 1922 you didn't think about like touching a body what that would really mean but nowadays like if you touched a body suddenly your dna is on that body you're a fucking suspect (laughs) but back then you know the neighbor could have just been looking for a son so he was like pulling the bodies apart because he was looking for his two-year-old son so, like they said, like, we couldn't really ever definitively say who performed these murderers. Now, we still don't know who's responsible for them to this day. Um, the, now the spookiest part about this is that we will never know because yeah, of that. Never. That person basically got away with it. Now, since the murders happened, uh, the farm has since then been demolished and a memorial stand in currently stands in its place oh wow so if you're ever in this part of germany you can go see the memorial it's a pretty small memorial hmm. i'll show you pictures of it Corey. maybe i'll go and then get haunted yeah but um but yeah so that is the hinter fine damn tech, um, question answer. do they know how they got the information of people of the family themselves reporting footsteps in the attic he told neighbors. He told neighbors? Yeah. Interesting. He told neighbors. He told friends, but never the police. But, you know, it's just probably like. probably that maid that left was probably like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's true. The, the maid left because of that shit. The maid left because of that shit six months before. And then they started telling neighbors like, yeah, like, hey. And, you know, specifically their neighbor, Lawrence, who was the a murder suspect. And no, none of the gold was taken or valuables. Damn. That's so creepy. I love it. Yes. it's It perplexes me. I, I don't know it. what it is. I mean, it people always talk about the way the bodies were left it was obviously a crime of passion so looking into a lot of true crime things the more familiar you get with true crime cases there is a big difference between random killings and crime of passions where like a robbery killing you know they will stab you once stab you till you're dead but a crime of passion will stab you past the point of being dead that is the difference is like excessive when emotion gets involved And uh, you feel the emotion of rage or betrayal or guilt or whatever the emotion is that's in, that's persuading you to commit this crime. Yeah. Um, the w- act of violence that you use to murder that person, to kill that person, varies. Like I said, like a random person, you'll walk up to the person, you'll shoot them in the head, they're done. But if yeah. it's an act of violence, you'll shoot them ten times in the head. Well, and the fact that that person hid the bodies. Under- and that's also like foretelling or like alluding to guilt. Yeah, and like they, stuff sometimes. they stacked the bodies, they covered the bodies. Yeah. Um, and like they even covered like the baby in the crib. They covered the maid. So this isn't obviously a crime of passion. And so that is one of the biggest arguments for it. It wasn't like a random. It wasn't like the Nazis, like the Nazis came after them. It was probably like maybe the neighbor, maybe the town. But it was a crime of passion because they felt very. Damn. There was a lot of emotion behind the murder of this family and the maid. But we'll never find out who. They, they essentially got away with it. Congrats, I guess. So congrats on getting away with murder. Anyways, yeah. Corey, how's your sex life? 
Mine's great. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head except for fucking the Star Wars teaser came out. That's true. And I literally woke up and like got ready. And then I was like, oh, I was just like, you know, looking at stuff online. And then somebody was like, oh, yeah, the teaser. And I'm like, when does the teaser come out? And then I was like, oh, my God, it's today. And then I was like, what time? And I was like, oh, my God, right now. So I literally turned on the live oh, um, broadcast. And within six seconds, JJ was like, okay, we're done. Um, we're rolling the teaser. And I was like, fuck yeah. Oh, fun. <laughs> so I watched it. I like turned on my phone and then six seconds later watched That's the teaser. That's fun. So it's fun. So I'm excited. The teaser, I cried, obviously, seeing mm-hmm. Cray Fisher. I cried. Yeah, I cried. It was cute. Because like she, yeah. She was such a And I'm just excited to too. I love Star Wars. I'm excited. I it's mean, another Star Wars movie. How could you be upset? Yeah, how would you not be excited? Yeah. It's just another Star Wars. As long as uh it's not as dumb as the casino plot in yep. The Force yep. Awakens, I'm happy. If you just get rid of all that. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. Then well, I'm how happy. how ser- did you uh do your water sports? You have to update us on that. Oh yeah. So, um no water sports, dude. That that fell through. Oh, wait, I think I had four things lined up. Only two happened. Okay, which is you thought was gonna happen. You're like yep. only two. Oh, wait, it's happen. just grinder. Yeah, that's yeah. just science. So what ended up happening? <laughs> Tell us what happened. Um, what happened? Yeah. Okay, so one was a just uh, one was a couple. Nice and casual very, threesome. Very casual threesome, and it was just fine. It was just like. You know, just I don't, I don't know nothing like out of the ordinary of what I would find ordinary, but it's a threesome. But that's pretty ordinary for like a outgoing gay person. Yeah, threesomes really aren't a big deal. And so yeah, it was just like dicks and butts and butts dicks and, and dicks. Butts. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was fun. And then the other one was just uh, an older guy that I had like but not but not Law Daddy. Law Daddy yeah. didn't have an uh, Law Daddy we're going to get together next week. Yes. And then the other one that was going to happen besides oh I think there were 5. Um the other one I'm going on a date tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. fun. That'll be fun. Yay. Yay. We're just going on a little co- quick coffee date. Fun. Oh, that means dick sucking. If y- y'all can't see me, but I went mm. <laughs> cuz we're going on a quick coffee date. That means Corey's going to get a quickie tomorrow. <laughs> So yeah, that'll be fun. Well, yay, yay. But yeah, sir. Yeah, worse didn't happen. It was so sad. Yeah, maybe next week. It's okay. Yeah, I hope so. It's fine. It was like I literally went to, um, like I literally was getting all ready for it, and then they just like you know stop texting, and you're like cool. Okay, cool. It's just that's classic. Classic and grinder. It's, you know, at the beginning you get hurt by that, but then you're like whatever, it's fucking grinder. Do you still use scruff or just mainly grinder? Uh, scruff and grinder. Yeah. The uh. Yeah, yeah, both. I forget which one the the person was from in the mm. end, but yeah, scruff and grinder. But yeah, nice. I do. Yeah, I do want to do the water sports. That'd be so fun. I'll tell you if it comes up again. We'll let you know. Keep you updated. On yeah, keep an update on that. Other than that, yeah. Uh, there's also another threesome with a couple who wants to be like more friends too. Oh, cool. Um, we're gonna get together next week. It, if if it works on Monday. If not. Then I will, we won't get together for like two weeks. He's going out of town. Then I'm going out of town. Mm. Anyways, it's fine. That'll be fun. Updates later. Yay. Um, what else? What was fun? Hmm. We worked a lot this week. Yeah. Nothing else. Nothing else right now that I can think of off the top of my head. I go see my parents next week. That's fun. So opposite of sex. <laughs> Corey will go see you. <laughs> Do you like, I'm. No, like, because, like because I always, uh. I hope they never listen to this. <laughs> I, when I leave, I always leave and then go have like a fun sex with somebody in in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's. Fun. So if you're in Boise, Idaho, 
next weekend. Get Check ready, it. bitch. Get ready. Corey's <laughs> gonna, gonna be, be in your I'm gonna be blowing up <laughs> grinder and scrub. He, he, he's gonna be blowing you. I will be the... horny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, hello. <laughs> oh, we'll have to record our podcast before. What? It'll be. It'll be. So when this when this episode comes out, or sorry, not when this, but when the first Ted Bundy episode comes out. That that's Monday. the next announcement that monday is when i'm coming home oh that's the announcement nice that's our next one our next two episodes will be ted, ted bundy. bundy yeah we've said that before like once or twice and we have a bonus episode coming out between those two episodes we do but that is secret that is secret i almost blew it but you're right Keep it's secret, secret. Keep it safe. um we need to record early next week i just realized we do fuck damn so yeah yeah we'll, we'll talk about those logistics Let's see. later my sex life this past week jordan and i you know, standard couple. Yes. Watched a lot of. Oh, we started rewatching Lost again. Yes. Because I'm no longer incredibly Where are now? depressed. You're in season three. Four? We're in season five. Five now? Hell yeah. We'll talk after in case people. You know what I'm Lost. really weirdly attracted to is Who? Daniel Faraday. Be the too, physicist. Corey. The physicist. He's yeah. yeah. I love Daniel. And you know what he is in? He's in Saving Private Ryan. Really? And I really love his character arc. It's very realistic. Every single in time Saving Private Ryan. He comes on on screen. I'm like, I love Daniel. Yeah. I love Daniel Faraday. There's something about his, uh, just the, his pace, his tone, his voice, mm, everything about him. His dark him. hair and his brooding eyebrows. Yeah, and, and he could be like, let me talk to you about time. And mm. I'd be like, fuck me, only talk to me about time. <laughs> I'd be like, as long as I'm bent over this table and you're fucking and then me. Then talk to me about time. Then you can tell me about time. But Jordan requested that I tell you all about a joke that he made last night. Let's do it. So it was like a night or two ago. <laughs> so <laughs> Jordan. I think he's asleep. Damn it. He just messaged us on Instagram saying Star Wars is dumb. So he's not asleep. He's faking it. Well. So a few nights ago, we we're trying to eat healthier. So I'm not trying to like eat like desserts and snacks and whatnot. But I was really craving something sweet. And we have um, vegan chocolate and we have bananas. So I was like, oh, like I really want to make chocolate covered bananas. Uh-huh. And he was like, fine, Bev. I'll put it in your Ew. butt. Just bend over. <laughs> Ew, put it in the butt. And I was like, ah! <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. He wanted me to tell you his really good butt sex joke about <laughs> poopy bananas. So you're welcome, yeah. Jordan. I you're just welcome, told Jordan. that joke. Do I think it's gross? Yes. Do I think it's funny? Kind of. But you're welcome, Ew. Jordan. Other Ew. than that, everything's been great this week. I just I finished Game of Thrones. I yes. had my one-year anniversary. Yeah, that comes out this Sunday. It comes out t- two days from now. Yeah, bitch. Game of Thrones, bitches. Uh-huh. I've been working a lot. Just getting ready. My business partner will be back in town on Monday. Nice. So I'm just trying to prep for the inev- inevitable, very intense, stressful meeting on Monday. Woot. But uh, other than that, everything's been good. We are recording a bunch of episodes next week, which should be fun. Corey's going out of town. We're even going to a special location for our Ted Bundy episode. Yes. We're not telling you that. You can follow us on Instagram to find out about that. But everything's good. Simone. Oh, I'm going to be meeting Simone's potential new sister next week. Cute. That is the biggest news is her name will be S'mores. She's little calico. Obviously, she will never replace Toulouse, but it's just another kitty that could help Simone be less lonely. So mm. I'll be meeting another kitten next week. She That's was born cute. on March 5th, so she's only a month. She's only six weeks old right now. She's a nugget. She's a baby. And that's it. That's my entire fucking sex life. Fuck yeah. So I guess our biggest question to our listeners is. is anyways. How's your sex life? Ah. Bye, guys. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Wear a condom. <laughs>